welcome to the Salted Podcast, where we are translating and transforming our view of politics, pop culture, and personal preference. In this episode, we investigate the claim that Christianity is on the decline in America. Let's get salty. Welcome to the Salted Podcast. My name is Yon. And this is Dan. And we're glad that you're joining us for this episode. Because this uh, episode is a subject near and dear to Dan's heart. His entire working career has been to see what we're talking about happen. That's true. That's not wrong. Yeah, most people don't know. He's a sleeper. And uh, we're talking about, uh, is Christianity on decline or declining in America? As it's been reported. As has been reported. Yeah. uh, By multiple sources, yes. Um, And then we will have a a very uh, robust discussion about how we... How we um, consume our comedy in our personal preferences section. We'll ask a little bit about, you know, if you like stand-up or a series or movies. and Don't give it away. Well, sorry, we won't give it away. Um, based on my level of humor, I've already given it away. I'm a very strong stand-up comedian, so I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know that any stand-up comedian wants to be known as strong. <laughs> See what I did? I just made you laugh. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not All laughing right. with you, though. Well, it doesn't matter. That's the point of comedy. See, this is what we're going to talk about, personal You're, preferences. Yo, you are slaying it. I am slaying it right now. Um, but we are going to talk about the important thing of, uh, is Christianity declining yeah. in America? Because if you have been in the news, uh, following the news or the socials, um, Pew Research just did one of their big um, annual, well, it's not really annual, but it's a regular survey they do of religious preferences in uh, Americans eyes and how they kind of affiliate themselves and there's a big decline in people who self-identify as Christian uh, as a as a, a decline in people who self-identify as Christian and a drastic increase in people who identify as nuns kind of like the right. nun category of no affiliation right and and the Pew Research Center is a is a credible reputable um, research, right? Yeah, uh, it's not just entity, a bunch right. of random people. Right. But yeah, they're 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 on the leading edge. We use them a lot for a lot of the research we do and everything. So. Gotcha. Yep. Um, and so, uh, if you've seen it, there is an estimated sixty four percent of America. This this episode is going to be ripe with statistics. So, yeah. um, if you like statistics, you're welcome. If you don't, we'll make sure that we kind of parse them down to, to real numbers. But sixty four percent of Americans identify as Christians. Um, which is a significant drop. Um, it's a drop down from um, down from 75% a decade ago. So it was a 12-point drop. And the more alarming thing is that when they project this number into the future, to 2070, um, which is, speaking of numbers or math, I don't know how many years in the future. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, but they are projecting that it could surpass, that Christianity could be surpassed by uh, the majority population with no religious affiliation. So we're on the track road to being um, no, the nuns to outnumber the actual Christians yeah. by 2070. Um, and this is, a, you know, as Christians, this is alarming for us, right? We would say, well, that's not good. That's not what we want. We're, we're supposed to be adding people to the Christian faith and making disciples and multiplying ourselves. We're not supposed to be seeing things in decline. Even if you're a cultural Christian, you're concerned, right, that, that um, the traditional Christian culture of America is is uh, seems to be on the decline, right? Yeah, yeah, and, th- and that we will talk a little bit about that. It's like, like, what do you mean by Christian? Right. Like, what is Christianity in, in modern America? Exactly. Right? Um, is it that cultural worldview kind of point or underline, or is it someone who's a true believer in Jesus? Right. So we'll take a look at that too. Um, but yeah, there's a level of alarm kind of across the board for people. 
there there certainly is uh this is really good news for half our country right yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> i mean half our country i think has been um i think uh, working towards uh, this type of uh, shift in our culture for a long time yeah i mean there is and we'll talk about this and as well as terms of um, as we, as Christianity loses kind of momentum or, or, um, influences and on the decline, it's, you know, what, what does that mean for Christians? Right. And who are the, who are kind of the people on the other side pushing and advocating for the decline of Christianity? And what does that look like as Christians? And, and we'll talk about gospel Jesus centered followers, um, going forward. Um, but then we, we, anytime this comes out, we start asking ourselves, well, why is this happening? Right. How yeah. could this possibly happen? And, um, I mean, if you're a Christian who's a real true believer and you've been looking around, you probably have some anecdotal evidence of and, and ideas of what it could be. Um, and there's a there's a, a a woman named April Ajoy. Is that how you is that how you pronounce her I'm name? Assuming so. Um, and she's 34, but she's um she's one of the growing network of ex evangelicals, right? You might have met these people who, or or seen them on social media, people who are walking away or deconstructing uh, their faith, and um the kind of breaking down why would these people kind of leave the faith what, what yeah, does that look like she's someone who's leading a, a network of people who've room, removed herself right like like uh not quote unquote fallen away but someone who has made a conscious decision to remove themselves right from um what she would describe as damaging beliefs that have emerged uh, from the evangelical or pentecostal or baptist church yeah yeah and um and so that yeah, so there's two things happening, right? There's people that are not necessarily leaving the faith, but they're this woman specifically is leaving the institutions of evangelicalism, yeah. you know, Pentecostalism, Baptism, right? Um, so how do we know about her? Well, I guess she runs a TikTok. I mean, I'm on TikTok all the time, so I see her all the time <laughs> on my TikTok account. Um, that's that's parody or not parody parody yeah that's satire i just made it i mean there you yeah. go people i'm, I'm ad layering on it's the a, comedy it's a Sorry. sign of professional comedic timing when you have to explain that you just made a joke well that's also part of it. that was sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> um brilliant yeah so anyway she's on tiktok discussing faith um among other things you know the effect of traumatic religious experiences that can last for years and yeah. if you've spent any time around christianity I mean, you're going to meet people who probably had some For traumatic sure. experiences. I browse Twitter a bit, Yon, and, and the the collection of people that have found each other who have been, uh, in their minds, run over by the evangelical church bus yep. uh, is significant. Yep. I mean, or, or I should say this. I, I shouldn't say significant. They are out there. Their voices are very clear. They're, they're, very, they're getting more and more connected, and they have, in their... Um, what they what they tell is stories of very very painful experiences. Yeah, yeah, yep. and kind of probably varying in different ways, right? If you're, I mean, I grew up in the AG Pentecostal world, like, and I have right. friends who had bad experience because yep. of their unique things in the Pentecostal world. Then you go to the Baptist world, and there's probably there's yeah. unique things that show up in yep. the Baptist world, and then um, so it's all kind of it, it's unique. But it but one of the things that it highlights is that yeah, there are people who are leaving the institution because they have uh, they've experienced some trauma that lasts for years. Um, and one of the things that I think she says is that she's quoted as saying, there's no doubt that we are seeing a major paradigm shift in Christianity. One of the common things people are deconstructing for is that they don't feel welcome. Uh, they don't feel the church matches their personal values. Uh, 
or they are tired of what they see as a system peddling in shame and rejection. Yeah. So um, maybe you're listening and you would, you can maybe identify, identify with, with that. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, I have seen those things happen. But I always, I am always quick to make a discern, a kind of discern in my mind. Um, is this again, and I don't mean to discount it, but I always like my knee jerk reaction, Yon, is to say, um, not necessarily are these experiences valid because if, if this is what people have experienced and this is how they're describing it, then they certainly think it's valid. But I often, in this particular topic, I often wonder, is this kind of under that category of if you disagree with me, you hate me? Yeah. Right? yeah. I just can't help but think like you start to grow up in a church, the church starts to express biblical beliefs, you realize that they disagree with you. Right, yeah. And then you start to process this now as trauma, attacked, being attacked, being unwelcome. Yep. And again, now, I don't have experiences of overt trauma, abuse, and whatever. So right. I, have a, I, yeah, I have yeah. a difficult mm-hmm. time picturing that. Yep. But I can picture very easily and vividly that the church leaders or someone significant in the church expresses biblical values that someone doesn't agree dis, right. someone disagrees with and immediately feels like they're being uh, run over by the church bus right yep, yep. so again this is not my favorite way to start is to immediately push back on her sure, right. yeah. but i just i just wanted to kind of spontaneously say that's my reaction right yeah you know, my reaction is boy i hope it's just not hey the church has these traditional values and i disagree with them and the church is traumatizing me Right yeah. over them. Yep. So I think that's the. I mean, the as pastors, we look at it. We say, you know, there is the little C church and the big C church. When we talk about this, right? We look yeah. at the little C church. And we're like, well, is the church like how is the local church? Some of them are have really deep issues, and the, right. but then how is the big C church like really? When I look at the big C church and everyone who's involved, I I tend to have a more gracious approach to look mm. at them and say, well, those people are like, most of them are like really great people. They want to be like Jesus. They want to love people and they're full of grace and mercy. But then there's experiences in the little C churches where there's yeah. a lot of abuse or, or spiritual manipulation. And like yeah. you, I've never, I haven't necessarily experienced that a whole lot. I've probably experienced some, you know, non-theologically, you yeah. know, uh, uh, you know, accurate experiences and stuff, but right. not, not raising to the level of, of any level of, um, abuse or anything like that and i can understand the shame and rejection stuff too right yeah you know especially if it's uh, some of this identity stuff that we talked about in some of our other episodes where you get a sense that you know someone's expressing their identity and all their in their mind they're they're looking for affirmation and acceptance and then someone says well i disagree with who you are right yeah totally and then you're like bam there's the shame there's the rejection (laughs) right there's the trauma and and i can certainly I can certainly yeah, course, understand yeah. how that translates. Yeah. yeah, and so, so there's. I mean, again, we can we immediately want to start diagnosing and say why are we why is it doing yeah. it? How do we stop this right. decline? What's right. happening? Like, how do we you know, how do we make up for all of the you know each individual person's either misperception or perception of it? Um, and so, but before we do that, like let's dig into the actual kind of situation. Like, and so maybe the answer to the question first is we have one source of information data and that is, you know, the Pew research. Yeah. But is Christianity actually in the decline? And And that is the episode name. Yeah. So I mean, are we really, are we, is the Christian faith in decline? Right. And so we got to kind of validate that to start with. So, um, so again, 
the the Pew Research one making all the headlines is self-identified Christians make up 63% of the U.S. population, which is down from 75% a decade ago, right? Um, where if you like percentages and stuff, that's a that's not an insignificant so, amount. So these are people who identify themselves as Christians, who Correct. would say in a category of social uh, groups, I identify with the Christian group. Correct. That's down 12% yes. from a decade ago. Yep. And um, the nuns, which is the, the bigger jump, is that the nuns went from 16% up to 29%. So Oh, in the same time? Yeah, in the in same a time period, yep. Oh, my goodness. Which, again... I remember talking the, about the nuns, like, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, yep. the nuns were surging. Yep. And if you do the statistics, wow. I mean, statistically, that's a, you know, that's a big deal. That's like a, you know, that's a, you've, you've almost doubled your... Wow. Right? So, uh, that's a lot. Um and so, but another metric kind of that they is in the same research, they kind of, a, they have a question about prayer. So this is like, okay, well, are these believers and what does this actually yeah. mean? in like the actual day-to-day lives right. of people, um, they, they ask people, how much do you pray? And so they said daily prayer has been on the decline as well. So according to the same poll, 45% of respondents say they pray daily. Hmm. So again, if 63% of people are self-identified Christian and 45% of them are praying <laughs> right. daily, right. Um, the question is, you know, 63% is a I mean, you're like, oh, that's still a lot of people who, but it's like, well, if that shows up in 45% pray daily, how much is Christianity actually right. influencing? Um, and that's down from 58%, so that's a pretty big drop. Um, and 32% say they pray weekly or monthly, and 22% say they pray seldom or never. So we've got 63% of the U.S. population who identifies as Christian, and 22% of them say yeah. they pray yes. seldom or never. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So again, we're answering the question, is, is Christianity in decline? Well, the number is alarming of going down in the people who self-identify. But even within that context, the question then becomes, well, what is it are they identifying with? Right. Are yeah. they actually Christians? And is and so we have to dig a little bit deeper because yeah. it's actually probably more alarming than we think um, when we dig in a little more. Yeah, I hope that that, I mean, I feel like that is a charitable um, way to approach this to say, you know, it, this is hard for us because we're obviously categorize ourselves as Christians, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. our, our hope, joy, um, eat, um, everything that defines us is is we have secured our trust in the Christian faith, right? Yep. So, so this is hard for us to be. I mean, it's impossible for us to be um, impartial or even objective. Yeah. But I hope it's not too subjective to say self-identifying Christians have to be inspected. Sure. Um, For whether or not what they mean by Christian is what the Bible means by Christian. Right. right? Yeah. Because I could be a self-identified stormtrooper. Yep. Right. There's that's a very good point. Yeah. There's no evidence in in uh, there's no evidence that I can't (laughs) hit anything with a laser gun. That's right. There's no evidence (laughs) you'll immediately be killed upon any (laughs) ensuing laser battle. Right. Um, Yeah. But that's the question, right? So I think that's the next question is well, what is Christianity in this context, right? What's the question? And there's two things. I think there's two things that we can look at. Okay. Um, so we're gonna so we're gonna look at what if someone says I'm self-identifying as a Christian. We're gonna look at the objective. What is Christianity? Right. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, and there's a couple of things. These are not from the Pew Research, but there's some other research that was done. And there's kind of two categories we could probably do it in. Is one is their theological distinctives, right? So if okay. there's things that you believe about God that make you distinctly and uniquely Christian. Okay. Um, and Barna Group, um, they they came up with four critical spiritual indicators that oh. they say, and they have some data around it. They, they've done a thirty year like longitudinal study from nineteen ninety one to two, tw- 2021. Really, 
Um, and they said there's four different things. Okay. One is that they hold an orthodox biblical view of God. So I'm assuming that that's the Trinity. Um, number two is they believe the Bible is ac- is the accurate word of God. So the mm-hmm. authority of scripture. Yep. Um, belief in salvation through Christ alone. And then they possess a biblical worldview. Okay. Right? So there's four pieces. And yep. those um, statistically from the last 30 years have people's self-identified belief in those and answering the question has gone down by 50% in the last 30 years oh. from 1991 to 2021. So wow. people who actually believe those or say they believe those things has reduced by 50%. Wow. Wow. Which is new. It's just half. I mean, come on. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Um, so again, theological distinctives. Um, another study that came out that, that we kind of look at as interesting is the Legionnaire Ministries as like the state of theology survey. And they ask people about their theological worldviews. And this mm-hmm. kind of gives us some insight into the term evangelicalism, right? Oh, and people okay. kind of get, you classify people in even, you heard a lot about this when yeah. Trump was, um, you know, elected by the evangelical landslide right. and stuff. Yeah. Right? So that's a good question. Like what makes an evangelical, um, what would make someone be identified in that category of evangelical? It seems like in our culture now, it's just a political persuasion. Right. right? It would be a conservative right. Christian would automatically be con- right. categorized as evangelical. Yeah. But what are the, What's the definition by means of the theological survey? Yeah, so one of the things that showed up in this state of um, state of theology survey was you can self they they parse the information. They asked everybody the same questions, but obviously you pull some of the data that says everybody who answered versus the people who self identify as evangelicals, kind of mm-hmm. like the Pew ones. Like I self identify as an evangelical. And um and evangelicals are just like they're non-Catholic. They are non like mainline Protestant. They're kind of their own um, entity. And so it's a it's a this this acts as a, a way to demonstrate that evangelicalism, the self-identified evangelicalism, is not necessarily um, a unified around some core yeah. doctrinal beliefs right. and being like I'm a true believer but it's more of a cultural distinctive yeah and it shows up in the way people answer the questions. And here, I'll give you a couple examples. So um, the statement that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God, and this is the only the evangelicals who answered this question, they said 65% of those people agree that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God, wow. which, you know, doctrinally, you're the pastor. Yeah. Is that an, an astute, accurate doctrinal from, for like mainline Christendom? Yeah. Well, I can say it this way. Um, God didn't crush his own innocent son to save innocent people. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. He crushed his own son. Uh, boy, that's a heavy word. I, I should. <laughs> he uh, sent and. You already said it. You he sacrificed. Okay. There we go. There we go. He <laughs> sacrificed. So gory today, right? Yeah, good. <laughs> he sacrificed his son for guilty people, not for um, innocent people. So, right. and of course, I mean, a th- the theological term that would be depravity, right? Yep. Um, so, so man, um, the idea that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God would explain um, a lot. I right. think. So this is, a, again, that we're highlighting the, the problem that evangelicals are usually classified as Christians and believers, when right. in fact, um, you know, if two thirds of the people who are identified as believers don't believe in the depravity and sinfulness of humanity, which right. requires um, a sacrifice. Rescue. Yeah. yeah. Um, 43% uh, answered that they agree with the statement that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Wow. So, wow. so the divinity of Christ is almost Again, 50%. Which means that these people, 43% of them, believe that Jesus was most likely just a different version of Muhammad right. yeah. or um, 
um, Buddha or yep. even Confucius or any other religious leader, right? Yep. Which wow. is interesting because even, yeah, 40%, so 38% said that they agreed the idea that religious belief is a matter of personal opinion. It is not about objective truth. So again, self-identified evangelicals um, who we would assume are Christians or believers, but 40% of them... Who do not believe the Bible is objectively true. Correct. Right. It's basically a reinforcement or a source of personal opinion. Right. Yeah. And all religious that belief, all religious abuse, a, a belief is a matter of personal oh opinion. Oh my, yep. that is fascinating, you Yeah. And this is so, again, so this is where that gets really interesting, where we are, where it's pretty clear that evangelicalism is a social construct. It's a mm, cultural construct yeah. and it's not a unification around biblical truth. And it comes in these specific next ones. The statement that sex outside of traditional marriage is a sin. Nobody believes that. 94% say agree that sex outside of marriage oh, is a traditional man. sin. Now, so what is that? How, so now, do we believe that? that I don't though? understand that. Yeah, how do you that? <laughs> how is that possible? Yeah. So, do we believe that sex outside of traditional marriage is a sin? Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's the traditional. The word would be fornication. Right. And so that is in that is in line and consistent with you know traditional mainline Christian uh, right, belief. Right. The problem is is that. 94%, there's a high level of certainty on these Christians that that is a true statement. But that same level of certainty is not equated to the core central biblical yeah, truth. That and Jesus is God. Correct, yes. Oh my goodness. And so the, there's another one, and we'll, then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up this piece. But okay. 67% of uh, evangelicals um, agree with the statement that the Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior does apply today. Oh so two thirds believe that homosexual that, behavior is condemned by the Bible. Okay, and applies so today. so this this biblical sexual ethic. Yes. Why are so many people? Why do so many self-identifying Christians hold to that? But on the essentials, right, of rescuing, right. saving faith, um, the divinity of Jesus. Uh, the need to be saved, which is, um, you know, uh, original sin yep. and depravity. Yep. What's the, why don't people, why do believe people believe in the sexual ethic, but they don't um, agree with the the essentials? Well, nobody else knows for sure, but the, the idea is that it is a, evangelicalism is a cultural, moral, political, um, Un, that's what unifies people. They gotcha. unify in the event. They're not unified by a core central belief. It's in like traditional Jesus. values. Correct. People, yeah. These are these are people that identify with traditional values, yep. but not necessarily the tenets of the evangelical, right. biblical faith. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Or biblical Christianity. And again, to remind you, the only reason we're, we're addressing this is because we're, we're answering the question, well, what is Christianity, right? If I self-identify as a Christian and then I'm answering these questions, but, right. but one of these is one distinctive is your theological distinctives, right? right? I'm a Christian because I believe certain things about God and, 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 and humanity and our relationship with God and humanity. Mm. But it's clear that most people who are self-identifying as evangelical or as Christian do not actually hold the same level of belief in these core essential Christian. Yeah. Doctors. So, you know, and is it fair to say then that what, we could probably put it simply this way. People who are self-identifying as Christians don't necessarily use the same definition of Christian right. that the yep. Bible would yep. or what we'll talk about later. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the first way in which we can kind of say, well, what is a Christian, right? If we're trying to answer the question, what's a Christian, right? And it's theological distinctives. And it's people, like you said, it's people who don't, they don't believe you know, the, the definition of that Christian is not the same. 
But there's another one that's a real quick one. It's biblical values, right? So there's theological distinctives, and then there's another one, biblical values. Like, do people actually um, embrace the values um, that the Bible teaches? And again, we won't go through the. There's more statistics and a different study by the Summit Group and a, and a survey group. Um, but they are essentially asking the question, how important are the values found in the Bible for a healthy American society? Mm. And so they're asking people of all persuasions. Um, this was specifically to kind of gauge the people leading up to the uh, the election cycle. Um, and so so overall, people said like eight out of 10 people said, yes, they are, they are important. Mm. So they're actually really valuable to a healthy American society. Uh, 21% said no. Um, but then there's a really big generational difference. The over 40 crowd, nine out of 10, 90% said, oh. yes, it is. Uh, they are very va- valuable. Well, that explains why it's so high. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And then under 40, um, 60% said yes. And 35% said no. So there's a, you know, there's a go from 90% to 60% wow. yeah. of people who say yes, that American values are right. important to a healthy American society. So yeah. there's a bit of a bit of a generational uh, disconnect, but again, we're at, it matters only in that, well, how do you define Christianity? Where's one thing? It's real deep theological distinctives, and it's another thing in terms of the biblical values and their um, their contribution to a thriving, flourishing, healthy culture and society. And most people are saying that, yes, they do think biblical values matter. Even in the under 40, it's 60%. That's still a lot. That's the majority think that they are valuable. But when you get down to it, um, what we see is that people really wouldn't necessarily self-identify as a believer, a true believer, because they don't really believe in those key core right. doctrinal distinctives. Yeah. So when you think of Christians, you know, why why in the world would all of this even matter? To yeah. Them? Like, exactly. why do we care what how people are self-identifying? Yeah. Um, it matters because I think there's two reasons. One is um, as as a true gospel-centered Bible-believing Christian, the first one is that we can't assume that people have an accurate perception of Jesus and have decided to reject him explicitly, right? right? When we think of the Great Commission of going make disciples, I think probably lots of us think, or we used to think, oh yeah, people, they they really do understand what's going on in the Bible and what the gospel says. They just don't agree with it. And I think that's dangerous now because the assumption is that most people don't have any idea and they're yeah. not aware of it and they're they're just apathetic they're not necessarily rejecting the key specific tenets of right it. so um so they so they have an accurate perception or they believe they have an accurate perception of christians correct yes that they've interfaced with and seen we'll talk about that but yep but they we cannot assume that they have an accurate perception of who jesus is right yeah. and they've just decided no jesus right no yep. on jesus i'm gonna right. do a hard pass on yep. that. yep exactly yeah. okay um, and then the second one is a little bit more um, down the road, but there's a there's a guy named George Yancey who's a um, he's a professor at Baylor University. And as we were kind of researching this, we we found a lot of his work, and he did a lot of research to determine. He was asking these same questions multiple years ago uh, years ago about the decline of Christianity, and have we mer- have we moved from a America in decline, or, or into a position where Christians are now discriminated against and persecuted? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, there you go. Uh-oh. Right, um, and he said that he said is Christianophobia, which is a word that I assume would have made sense to put together, but I've never really heard it. Right, I've heard like Islamophobia and stuff right. like that, but Christianophobia. He said, is it is that a real thing? He was kind of doing some research for it, um, and he said, is there an unreasonable hatred and fear of Christians in today's American twenty mm. first century society? And um, he was kind of trying to ask, he was like, he was answering some questions, are anti-Christian attitudes widespread? 
Or are we talking about like a couple of nutcases who just hate Christians? And who are um, on social media or yeah. maybe on some news uh, analysts. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. Or is it just like the culture war that gets clicks and engagement? Right. right? Um, and he wrote a book called So Many Christians, So Few Lions. And he documented the idea that about 32% of Americans like conservative Christians significantly less than other social groups. Wow. Um, and not conservative necessarily in their political affiliation, but kind of con- obviously conservative in their in their worldview, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so 32% like them less than other social groups. Wow. Um, significantly at, less. Yes, yes, significantly less, yeah. So I hope that makes you feel good because one in three people that you interact with on a daily basis like you less simply because you're identifying as a Christian. Right. Wow. Um, which makes, yeah, I mean, makes you feel good because now you know why people don't like you. It's yeah. not your personality or right. jokes. Bad habits. Or, yeah. Um, and then he asked a question, well, is this a me, a merely a feeling of mild disgust or do these people really have an irrational hatred that can lead to discrimination? And he said, he did an, he did an, he actually invited a bunch of people to, to, to a little survey and it, it was like an open response survey. And he specifically invited, um, white, male, wealthy, highly educated, politically progressive, and irreligious people. So if you put people in that box, he invited those people. And he said, what are your thoughts on Christianity? And uh, here's some of the responses he got. He said, kill them all. They, some, well, someone said, kill them all. Let their God sort them out. Um, someone else said, a torturous death would be too good for them. Um, someone else said, I am only too well aware of their horrific attitudes and beliefs, and those are enough to make me see them as subhuman. Wow. Yeah, so it's a good one, right? So someone else said, uh, I'd be a little bit giddy, certainly grateful if everyone we saw, everyone who saw himself or herself in that category were snatched permanently from our societal peripheries, whether by Holocaust or rapture or plague. <laughs> so that's a lot of words to go through. A little callback yeah. to the Bible there, that's the right. plague. Yep. So again, now how many of you are interacting with people I'm not interacting with people who want me, maybe I am, but yeah. they're not overtly saying, I want you to die, right. you're a subhuman, I treat you as subhuman. Um, but what um, what Professor Yancey was getting at is that there is a there is a group of people who, like he said, who are white, they're male, they're wealthy, they're highly educated, they're politically progressive, and they're irreligious. He said that's the group where most of this Christianophobia, where there's an actually an irrational hatred comes from. And yeah. his point is, is that, if you look at that social group, that all those things together, that's a pretty significantly powerful group yeah. of people and have a lot of so, social influence right. on the way people behave. Yeah, it, it, I can't help but think that a lot of that hostility is because of the, in their minds, the political association sure. that Christians uh, are publicly um, perceived to have. Yep. Yeah. And he actually compared so, it like political enemies. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 And I think that's where most people, if you're like me, I mean, I hear you hear I hear a lot about Islamophobia, right? Anytime there's a terrorist attack, everyone's like, "Well, we don't we want to stop the Islamophobia." Don't, but he said comparatively in his research, you know, thirty two percent have a significantly decreased view of Christians, and mm-hmm. he said comparatively, thirty one percent of the people have a significantly decreased view of Muslims. Mm-hmm. So there's people have less love for Christians than they do for Muslims. And, but we hear a lot more about the idea that there's this rampant Islamophobia. Because, um, so anyways, his, and that makes me think it's not political. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that would be a religious group, a religious category, right? right. I don't think of who, yeah. who thinks of the Muslims as a political, 
um, um, tribe in our culture, really. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, the the Muslims get wrapped up in their quote unquote politics of terrorism, but then the, the Christians get roped up in their politics of you know pro life or constitutional conservatism or like you know controlling women or yeah. I think that's probably the way people perceive them. Sure. So, so again, the answer the question is why does this matter to Christians? Well, I think two again two ideas. One is we cannot assume that everybody has an awareness of who Jesus is and they're rejecting the gospel. But also there is in real life um, a slide towards we should just recognize that we are there is a level of discrimination against Christians and we shouldn't be surprised by it because it's real and it's happening. And then the question you can answer at some point, never, we're not going to talk about it here, but does it reach the point of persecution? I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't classify it in the category of persecution, yeah. but there definitely is some statistical. Yeah. Literally someone yeah. hating you or your group doesn't mean you're, they're persecuting you right. and your group, right? Yep. So, so that's the situation, a lot of numbers and stuff. But again, to wrap up, mo- lots of this Pew research are people who identify as Christians, but we have to dig in and, and based on some of the things we talked about, theological distinctives or their worldview is that they're not necessarily would be considered true Bible believing Christians. Right. But the idea of Christianity or evangelicalism is kind of a cultural construct. And that's how people are self-identifying, not necessarily gotcha. as deep so, believers. So there is a decline in the group of people who are associating themselves with Christianity. Right. But that group of people has a perception of Christianity right. that could probably be disqualified as Christianity. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. I would agree with that. So that is an interesting nuance to the to the headline is Christianity declining in America. Yep. Or that or that Christianity or the declaration or the announcement that Christianity is declining in America. Yep. The question is, well, why is that happening and what do we do about it? Right. If we're if we're Christ followers and we are, we would self identify as true, you know, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving Christians, how do we kind of, what's the reason for it? How do we address this, and how do we transform the world that we're living in? Can I give you some reaction to this? Uh, When I read the headline like this, and I kind of skim the NPR, or the um, Pew Research, uh, NPR published it, I think, uh, recently. Here's what I immediately start thinking, Yon. Is this just generally, culturally, the trending rejection of individualist submission, right? In other words... Uh, when you think about the decline of marriage, the rising age uh, of people who are getting married, people putting it off longer, also the falling birth rate, right? The the resistance to having kids and, and making uh, uh, building a family, having a family, uh, all of that related to just a resistance or an individual deciding that they don't want to submit themselves to another person or to a cultural institution or give up what they already have for themselves, yeah. right? So um, I, I think that in some ways I, I imagine uh, this is a part of that trending rejection. Also, there's a sense that I have of a trending rejection of public institutions. Generally, I think you can, uh, most people can perceive that there is a, and I'm sure there's evidence for this too, that is, that is, um, Um, reliable the trending rejection of public institutions because of the of the withering trust in all institutions yeah education government religion uh, traditional american institutions the the supreme court right supreme court makes a decision all of a sudden you know don't just say i disagree with the decision or how could they come up with that interpretation of the constitution what's the first reaction you know um 
uh, torment the judges, yep. threaten the, the judges. radical activist judges. They couldn't right. possibly. Yeah, there's nothing yep. charitable about it, right? And by both sides yeah, totally doing that, that right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then thirdly, the trending rejection of Christian morality politics, right? Or another way to say it is the public, the general public, increasingly rejecting the imposition of someone's religious system or their values or their demands on everybody else. Right. Yep. Right. So I think that that's got to play into into someone's perception of Christianity, that Christianity is uh, that that is primarily individual submission. You have to submit. Mm-hmm. You have to trust this public institution and that you have to adopt morality politics. Yep. That, in other words, that politics is all about what you're morally allowed to do or expected to do or demanded to do by the Christian faith. And so that includes, uh, obviously, um, some of our sexual identity yep. things. Yep. And then, and if you put that together with the w- what appears to be the trending rise of science as a worldview, mm-hmm. um, you know, where science is supposed to prove or disprove the existence of an infinite creator, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... Yep. Uh, and you put that together with the trending rise of individual autonomy, right? And what's the main message of individual autonomy? There, there's probably a, a real one that is uh, described. My sense is that the individual autonomy is basically the main message is trust and treasure yourself. Right. Yeah. That above all else, individual autonomy says, I trust only me to make decisions for my life. I trust only my wisdom, my experiences, my story, my truth. Yep. And that above all else, I treasure myself. I preserve yep. myself. I ad- promote myself. I advance myself. And yep. You can't trust other individuals. You can, certainly can't trust a defunct right. religious organization exactly. that's only in it for themselves. You can't trust Yep, anybody. these clergy yep. who are yep. stealing your money and, yep. and, and bluffing you. Right, so so I I get the sense that there's a rise in the science as a worldview, and um, instead of faith or or a, or a um, Christian worldview, and also the the rise of individual autonomy. Um, so, and in in a large part, the individual autonomy uh, trend asks the question: Does Christianity represent oppressive authority that can't be trusted? Sure. Right. So you think of our culture in the in the rise of individual autonomy. They're thinking about Christianity, and as soon as they do, they immediately see it as an oppressive authority, and they by no means would trust that oppressive authority. Right. And it's understandable if that's what you believe Christianity is, then it's understandable why you would begin to disassociate yourself with yep. that. Yeah. Right? I mean, that shows up. I mean, just a little way of money, right? Yeah. If you talk about money at all, yep. like, hey, you should give your money away. It's like. Oh, the churches, they yep. just want your money. Swindling. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, no, we don't really just want your money, but but that's a easy target to say. Yeah. yeah. And there exactly. are swindlers out there, too. Right? Just yep. Yep. So. yep, for sure. So, I mean, the big question I always have in this topic, Yon, is is are we seeing people rejecting Jesus? And it, again, I've mentioned this before, I just don't see it. I'm sure they're out there. That's not what I'm reading. That's not right. what I'm seeing in the headlines. That's not the stories that are coming through with celebrities who are deconstructing. I, I still don't know one person who's deconstructed or quote unquote walked away because they discovered Jesus and Jesus just didn't do it for them anymore. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Tim Keller tells a story. He's always had people who like, yeah, you know, and you know, church just isn't for me. Christianity is not for me. He's like, okay, so what, what views about Jesus changed in your life changed that made you think like this? And he's, he's said it was always the end of the conversation. Really? Because no one, they're not deconstructing yeah. their interaction with Jesus and their perception of Jesus. They're yep. deconstructing their experience with the church and the people yes. that they're with, generally speaking. Yeah, and I think so. we, we, we kind of mentioned that on, on several different angles over the years. Um, 
I mean, and, and what's ironic to me is that most secular Americans unknowingly advocate for Jesus's ethics, right? right? Yeah. They, they advocate for his transformational uh, ethics like restorative justice, right? And so, I mean, who was the lead cultural advocate? The tip of the spear transforming culture by advocating for the weak and unwanted. It wasn't the Greeks. Right. Uh, the Greeks were pursuing the intellectual intellectual ascent. Their value, their purpose of life was to grow in knowledge and, and to pursue intellectual advancement, right? Kind of this ascent. And the people who were the most successful of that were, were the elite or would become the elite. Yep. And they were the ones with the power and influence in the culture. And then the gospel comes along and Jesus starts demonstrating, not just talking about this, but demonstrating a value for and a humble care for the weak and the unwanted. Mm-hmm. And he says, my kingdom is for anyone. Yeah. The bottom to the top, the top to the bottom. And, and that's why it's so ironic to me that the people who are advocating these ethics— and we'll take just restorative justice or social justice, just that alone, or women's rights, or y- you name it, right? Fundamentally, Jesus is the one that brought that to the world. Right, yep. And I, and I was reading some commentary recently that said, and the priests and the clergy who were presenting to the kings and the, uh, and the officials in Rome who were talking about um, advocating for the weak and the unwanted— the, the the elected officials or the um, the government officials thought they were crazy. Yeah, that ridiculous. was insane to yep. give up your power to these unwanted, useless, marginalized um, yeah. human yeah. beings. You know, uh, and that is yeah, that is the the great irony is that people move away from they claim all the best parts of Christianity, like we love people, right? You know, self self sacrifice. The the, yep. the the people that no one cares about, you should care about. Um, but then they take all the best parts of it and then they yeah. reject all the other parts, yep. you know, the main parts. So. Right. That's so true. So I do think that some of what people are moving away from is generated by some of the confusion around Christianity and even, I think, reasonable questions. Like in, in, the, in the Christian category, who is representing the real Christian? Right. Who is it? Um, are they the self-identified Christians? Are they? Do they get to represent Christians right, just yeah. because they say they are, right? Uh, and we already looked at most don't even grade out as a genuine Christian when you measure the inconsistency with biblical Christianity. Right, yep. um, even the idea that we would have the conversation about is that a real Christian or not a real yeah. Christian, most people probably bristle at and they're like, right. wait a minute. You know, that reminds me that, um, it reminds me, and I may have mentioned this on one of our episodes before, but I, I got into this habit a while back where the minute I saw somebody out in public with a, with my sports team logo right. on their shirt or their hat, I instantly assumed they were a fan. Yeah, and and it took a lot of conversations with somebody who was stunned that I was asking them about Aaron Judge yeah. or Dak if Prescott. You live in New York, everyone's like, wearing a Yankees hat. You're yeah, like, yeah. So I start talking about Yankees roster right. or the Yankee, what they're doing currently in their standings or whatever. Yeah. And after a while, I realized just because someone's wearing the hat doesn't mean they're a fan. Yeah. And now I say, now I pre- now I preempt those conversations with. Are you a fan? Right. I see yeah, your yeah. Yankee logo. Are you right. a fan? Yeah. And that helps me know, do I... They're like, not, not really. Exactly. Like, okay. Most of them say, I like the hat. <laughs> yeah, That's what they tell me. So so I, I, think, I think the same could be assumed about Christians. 
because someone is quote unquote wearing the logo doesn't necessarily mean right that they're a fan or right, that yep. they're a follower of Jesus. So yep. um, I think it's important that we recognize that there are people out there representing real Christians. By the way, I don't have any. I'm not judging these people. This sure. All this yeah, whole episode, like, yeah. I don't. I, I I love those people and I right. and I want to serve and care for and and even include those people. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but who represents real Christians? Is it self-identified Christians? Or what about legalistic parents who represent Christianity? So many of these people whose lives have been damaged, mm-hmm. sometimes, according to uh, April Ajoy, they're beyond repair yep. by legalistic parents operating and motivating their own kids with fear and guilt and shame. Yep. Yep. Uh, and in some cases, they're doing that so that they don't risk a damaged reputation among the eyes of these self-righteous church sure, members, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or the self-righteous controlling uh, church leaders. I also wonder sometimes if it's the politicians who are representing real Christianity in yeah. someone's mind, right? Stacey Abrams recently said some bananas stuff sure. church, and quoted yeah. scripture and was yep. s- speaking or preaching at a church and stuff that's so off the mark um, that it made me think that, She's as far off on one side as Lauren Bobbert is right, uh, on yeah. another side, uh, making reference to um, uh, how many more guns Jesus would yeah. have uh, conjured up. Jesus needed more AR-15, right. not less. Exactly. Everyone knows that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what the? So, so um, are the politicians representing real Christians? Is it YouTube prophets and public preachers? Do the, are, should we be looking to televangelists, uh, QAnon? And uh, um, conspiracy theories or race baiters. I mean, are these the types of people who are representing Christianity? Well, they are publicly in large part. Sure, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, what about pastors? Uh, in, 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 um, and, and obviously pastors who are genuine, sincere, and who are really following Jesus, those kinds of church leaders are only known by believers who have immersed themselves in the Christian faith, right, yeah. which is not those people who are self-identifying necessarily, right? So they don't know uh, legitimate pastors. They only know uh, some of the ones that kind of um, misrepresent. So how how does the American culture experience the real Jesus of the Gospels? Um, It has to be through a local church family. And in my opinion, it's got to be a gospel-centered church. Um, and, And in some cases... People are comparing those experiences that they've had with local churches uh, with individual proselytizing Christians who yeah. are uh, representing Christianity when they walk up to them and they, they, they put a tract in their hand or they are hollering on the, on the um, curb at, on the way to a sports event. Yeah. And so those are some very difficult... Um, that's sad, and that it's sad to think that that's the representation of Christianity out yeah. there, and that that's how the people that we know, love, and work with are experiencing. Like, who, it, where are they experiencing right. the real Jesus of the right. Gospels? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, in the Bible, Christianity. This is, in, I mean, to me, this is interesting. In the Bible, Christianity was not one of the many social, intellectual, or political groups that you get to associate with or that you would mark down, yep, I associate with them. Yep. Uh, in fact, in the Bible, people who were following Jesus, they were described in the Bible as believers. Uh, and I've heard that term mocked, actually, by some secularists, you know, but um, it's a Bible word, and the word Christian actually is a nickname that was given by uh, people within the 
the the the church culture, or I should say, the gospels. You know, the the um, uh, when Jesus was interacting uh, with humans in his short life, and he was making disciples. These people were nicknamed Christians because they looked and lived distinctly like Christ. So they were mm. called Christians, right. little Christians, right? Little yep. Christs. Yep. And so that means that those disciples didn't identify themselves. They didn't associate with right. the, the, the uh, so-called Christians by choice. The, their peers were associating them as Christians because right. of the way that they, they lived and because of the way that they looked. So, um, really, after Pentecost, that's in the book of Acts, that Jesus uh, ascends, he sends the Holy Spirit. The term believer came to be used specifically to refer to Christians. Uh, and, of course, that is to those who believe and trust in God by following Jesus. And that's how, that's how they were described. They weren't associated. They were nicknamed. Yeah. Because of the way they lived and the way they, right. they loved. and Which is obviously very distinct. Those beliefs drive their behaviors as opposed to their behaviors just trying to be a part of a cultural like a cultural social group or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's exactly. So, so how do these genuine and well-known believers express the real Jesus of the Gospels? If you look in the Gospels or even in the New Testament letters that Paul wrote to the church, you know what words you're going to hear to describe Christians? Winsome, credible, salt and light in the culture. They're going to be the ones who are selfless, gentle. He, uh, Jesus talked about his people are like a, a city on a hill. Um, and really, essentially, you can think of Christians that are following Jesus as those who are, me, uh, who are meek. When we think of meek, we think of milk toast. We think of this flimsy walk all over me. But, but meek uh, means to have your power restrained. That's what it means. So, okay, yeah. so Christians are powerful people, inner peace, inner joy. They have uh, a unique hope about them. They're powerful in, in who they believe and who they trust, but they are restraining that power because of their meekness. And so Christianity, I think, this is just my opinion, is declining demographically as a social group mm. i think that's obvious in our i mean we we talk about this all the time you know <laughs> about the culture war and we're like well yeah. i think it's obvious <laughs> culture war is coming to a close yeah. right and yeah. uh the christianity christian values of the so-called christian values as a demographic social group is is in decline but again in my opinion it's not a relevant metric that's indicative of a failing religion right and and how would i say that well one of the one of the ways one of the reasons why I say that is because in the Bible there's some interesting uh, moments that are described where there's a pruning that takes place. You think of a a bush or a plant or a garden, right? There is some what happens when the gardener prunes back right. those branches. There's less of the garden, but there's more growth. Mm -hmm. there, there's more health, yep. right? And then. There's another uh, description that Jesus has of the end when God is at work at the end and everything's all over and you've got all these human beings here that is facing God at the end and there's a separation between sheep and goats. So he's actually purging uh, the community of those who don't really belong mm -hmm. to him. So you're saying we're in the end times. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard. As soon as you That's all I heard. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then 
this is fascinating too. In John chapter six, you can read about this. The Gospel of John chapter six, right. Jesus actually has a crowd of people right. who have come to hear him. He's been feeding them. Yep. They've been following him from place to place. And you're not going to believe what he does. He doesn't try to expand his audience. He actually purges the crowd of non-believing followers, right? So does Jesus care if Christianity, quote-unquote, self-associating, self-identifying Christians are growing? I'm not sure he does because he literally says to this crowd, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you do not belong to me. And then he says, some of you believe that I provide eternal life. Others of you do not believe. And he says, that's why I said that people cannot come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, this is what happened. After he says that, many of his disciples turned away and they deserted him. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus turns to the 12 and he says, are you going to leave too? Yeah. That's right? like one In of my words, favorite verses ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do, because I like their response, right? They're yeah. like, like where else would we go? You yeah. alone who the key, hold the keys to eternal life, right? Yeah, yeah but he exactly. essentially says the most res- insane, ridiculous thing of eat my flesh, flesh and drink, and drink my, my blood. blood. You're like, what do you mean? Like, yep. you're supposed to not be crazy in other people's eyes, right? But, yeah. And so here's what happens: disciples, right? It says they desert him, but Jesus had just said, unless the Father gives them to me, they don't really belong to me. Right. So I only have those who belong to me. And when others kind of fade away or walk away or, or disassociate or call themselves nuns, I think we can be confident that Jesus already uh, um, has those to whom the Father have given him or who belong to him. So, um, so it, to me, uh, to me it, it's irrelevant whether or not Christianity is in decline. Cultural right. Christianity sure. clearly is in, de- in decline. The demographic is in decline. Um, but lastly, Christianity is not and will never be declining as long as God remains sovereignly and authoritatively over the universe, right? As long as we believe that there is a divine design, that the Holy Spirit is present. And by the way, in the Old Testament, there's a remnant that God always assured existed. And mm-hmm. the remnant in the Old Testament was a small group of people, basically, who remained faithful to the end. All the way to the end, they remained faithful to God despite how much unbelief there is, how much wickedness there is, how much faithfulness or spiritual adultery there is around them, God preserves a remnant in order to ensure a renewed and restored people that are in the future, uh, in the in now the last age, the local church age. Sure. So, so as long as those things are in place and there's future renewal coming, God is sovereignly and authoritatively over all the universe. Really, the Christian faith isn't declining. Uh, It also, despite how they or the post-Christian culture categorizes them, as long as sincere and genuine Jesus-trusting Christians carry on with repentance and faith, uh, as long as they carry on with love and humility, and as long as they carry on with unity around Jesus, not uniformity of around values, convictions, and non-essential doctrines, but literally in union around Jesus, saving and rescuing, and um, and as long as we're uh, Christianity is not declining, as long as there is fear of God and hope in the future that that there will be full restoration. So I don't, I don't personally. I think it's safe biblically, I should say. I think it's safe to see and to say that the Christian faith is not declining uh, if you define it as 
those who belong to Jesus, those who believe in Jesus, those who've set aside by God to to right. uh, to have saving faith in Jesus. And uh, as long as he's in charge of this remnant of people that it, that will last until the end, um, Jesus goes on his own purging mission. Right. So I mean, it's like he said, "Oh, you're self-identifying, but I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. demonstrate here yep. that um, that you're not mine." Yep. And it's I mean, I mean historically, I mean you can look and you know globally you can see when the church is in the minority and then is is actually being persecuted that's when the church thrives the most yeah and more the, the actual true bible believing people grow and grow and grow yeah. and globally you know the um, the christian church is actually growing it's actually expanding glo- right. globally in terms of the people that you identify as christian but in an american western sense it seems to be europe, europe it's already declined it's like yeah. you can't go much further but america we're we're declining like you said socially and culturally but not necessarily it doesn't mean there's a decline um, right because it actually perpetuates real true biblical faith it's almost like a um it's almost like a pruning back right but again as long as sincere and genuine jesus trusting christians carry on with repentance and faith love and humility when i say love and humility i obviously i include in that forgiveness um resting in and trusting in god's grace and unity fear of god and hope made my big long list there of of what would I think identify sincere and genuine Jesus trusting Christians? Yep, and probably we have to reiterate that you know it sounds like we're saying, well, we're the true Christians, and they're not the true Christians, right. and yeah, they're out. Yep. By our definition, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's your guys' definition? You get everyone, right. of course, thinks they're on the right yeah, side, yeah. right? But ultimately, we that. yeah, we understand that, and we there's no level of arrogance. There's a level of obviously humility, saying, "I can't believe what Jesus did for us." But then also, everyone else is on a journey. They're kind of trying to figure their faith right. out and understand who God is. And at some point, they, you know, you believe things you don't fully believe yet, right? And then it's yeah. nothing we can do about that's, it. Other than that's that's exactly my disposition. Right. I think too. I, I share that with you. Like, a, there's a humility about recognizing that. I belong to Jesus. God has given me to Jesus. Um, Jesus has whom the God, whom me, whom God has given him, and um, that is what I've given my life to to help people discover who the real Jesus right. is. Yep. Right, Jesus the Rescuer, yep. not just um, Jesus the head of a um, of a modern political movement. Right. So. Um, if you want to know if you're a true Christian, just text Pastor Dan and he'll give you a yes or no answer. That's right. Okay. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you'll know. Uh, but now we're on to the personal preferences section where we had mentioned this at the beginning and we were, we injected the comedic elements. Just uh, as a modeling or yeah. maybe even a foreshadowing of a foreshadowing. the topic. Foreshadowing. And this is, you know, well, first of all, are you a, let me ask you this question. Are you a, you like comedy stuff? For sure. Okay. Yeah. More more recently than I noticed um, in prior years. Oh, okay. And I think, and, and let me put it this way: I think I have a growing appreciation, and um, um, I have a growing um, appetite yeah. for comedy. Yeah. Um, now the question before us is, and that's for most people: if you like comedy or don't, that's actually a personal preference too, right? We're about to drama or comedy or right. or our documentary or something, but. Um, if you like comedy and how do you consume your comedy? Do you like, um, like a traditional situational comedy, a sitcom, um, a, some standup comedians or, or like, a, a, a specific movie, like it's a, a feature film. That's a yeah. comedic feature film, like either a rom-com. I can't or say like record podcast with Yon Whiteway. Um, because your, that my friend is the pinnacle 
of comedic top tier that in itself is um, the most so hilarious. what are the three it's um you said it is stand up okay yes. traditional sitcom stand up yep. or like a feature film yeah it's that's an easy one for me uh, and I think it has a lot to do with me appreciating what they're doing and it's stand-up comedy. Mm. So I think um, easily I have an appetite for an appreciation for stand-up comedy uh, that's growing and, and have been very grateful for the ways in which you can kind of pick and choose different comedy specials right. of these comedians. But um, I, have a, I have a deep appreciation for what they're doing uh, with their content and delivering it yeah, in ways that and the line between really really great I want to watch that again and tell everybody about it because it really made me laugh right. and this is good right yeah it's okay yeah. I'm would, not going to ruin my reputation by telling somebody <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Watch that fine is seems like a fine line yeah. But really there is, uh, come on, isn't there nothing worse than everyone telling you, you got to see this stand-up comedy, yeah. you got to watch it, yeah. you got to watch I'm like. I, I, I agree with that, because a lot of that is also style preference. Yeah. Right? Yep. But, uh, yeah, those have been. Those Who's have your been. favorite stand-up comedian? Favorite? I don't think I have a favorite stand-up comedian. I have I have some specials that resonated really, really well. I mean, some of the specials, Brian Regan has done yeah. have been really really funny uh, in my family's opinion um quite a bit of what jim gaffigan um mm-hmm. has done in his in his specials recently we're watching quite a bit of nate bergazzi oh sure yeah which at first i didn't get yeah. at all i did not get at all why he had a special right uh, and then over time i was like oh i get it the whole thing is a shtick right it's yeah. not a guy who's just a really average storyteller the whole thing is right. a shtick yeah i get it it's pretty funny yeah he's funny dude yep. yeah what about you um i don't know i mean this is then we get into the nuance of it i'm like a sitcom i'm like i i can't hate i don't hate many things more than like a traditional sitcom with like a laugh track oh yeah you know like oh, i yeah. mean my, some people really like the show but like i do not get like the big bang theory like huh. i don't get the obsession with that it's just really? not i just find it's just not funny it's not a lot i mean all sitcoms are so yeah, it's bit, like right? set up and it's so obvious and but then again i did like seinfeld i thought that was one of the best huh. sit- sitcoms ever did but they have a laugh track on i seinfeld? think they did have a laugh track oh, yeah it makes sure, i didn't even realize it when i go back but i'm like yeah, I can't do laugh tracks. I remember uh, my family growing up. I think watched Mash oh, yeah. when I was a kid, and I, I had zero interest in Mash. In fact, I found it a little bit abrasive because of that constant laugh yeah, track after I, every setup joke. You know, yep. I hate it. Um, so there are some like I don't know. As Arrested Development was that a sitcom? I don't know. It's like a. It, there's no laugh track. Yeah, it's pretty so. interesting humor. But I think I'd probably go with like um, I would differentiate a fourth category of like a series, like a non-traditional network television comedy series. But I also have a weird sense of humor, like Fargo, like that dark oh, humor yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like I find that stuff, I, I kind of laugh at stuff. Yeah. I probably shouldn't laugh at. Right. <laughs> Thus, the word dark. Yes. If you saw the things I watch, like, is that person really a believer? Oh no. no, I'm just joking. Um. So, anyways, it's not on the list. And frankly, no one is as funny as I am, so I don't even know if I, how I can watch things. That's a joke, right? That's what my wife tells me. She That's goes, a joke. honey, we can't watch anything because you're so funny. She's Anyways. not wrong. Well, that's true. Um, anyway, so there you go. Um, go watch Nate Bergazzi. No, don't Jim. even. Don't even. 
listen to my new podcast coming that's up, right. laughing, laughing with Yon, and uh, <laughs> it'll be a. That's so clever. Get in early because it'll be big. Um, okay. Also, if you like this podcast, even if I haven't ruined it yet, uh, like us, subscribe, and tell your friends about it. But thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for checking out the Salted Podcast. You can find other episodes and topics on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you click follow so you'll get notifications whenever new episodes come out. Thanks for listening.